This episode of Very Excellent Habits is brought to you by Zero. Whether you lead a team or are going it alone, Zero is the best online accounting software. You can stay on top of cash flow, make it super easy for customers to pay invoices, reconcile bank transactions without totally losing your mind, and you can keep track of what's in stock. They also have an app so you can run your business on the go. So handy. I use Zero mainly because money terrifies me and Zero makes it so much easier to stay on top of things. Search XERO today to start your free trial. That's XERO.com. Hello and welcome to Very Excellent Habits, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs, writer and mostly sensible habit maker. This week's episode inspiration comes from a mate of mine who was grilling me over the weekend about how I built up my small business over the years. Honestly, I get asked about this all the time and one of the most infuriating things that comes up again and again is the assumption that my partner supported me financially while I did this. That is not, has not and continues to not be true in the slightest. In fact, the opposite is true. I've paid for his portion of the rent far more than he's paid for mine, which has been precisely never. Not that it's a competition, but frustratingly, when you're a woman who is in business for herself, there's an assumption that there's financial backing there. And that's not true for me at all. I always have been and continue to be an equal contributor financially to our relationship. We have a mortgage and a kid and we still have separate bank accounts. That's just for the record. I just can remember admiring a businesswoman years ago who wrote so earnestly about her struggle to build her business and it turns out her parents invested 50k in her business and paid her rent while she built it up, which is perfectly fine, but I think it's important to be transparent about how you build your business and I built mine while working part-time as a relief teacher in special needs schools and I wrote furiously on my days off on the weekends and in the evenings. It's also not over. I don't have a cruisy business that runs itself. I'm still constantly hustling for clients and work and the pandemic set me back quite significantly. So it's also important to remember there's no final destination here. I may at some stage have to return to traditional employment and I'm cool with that. I can only control so much. The rest is up to the global economy and demand for the services that I provide. I'd also like to acknowledge my privilege in my circumstances. There are certainly people that are more privileged than I am, but I'm more privileged than a lot of other people. I was able to afford education. I had really supportive parents that I could live with while I studied at uni. And those things have certainly given me a leg up. So all of those things are really important to consider before we talk about starting our own businesses. On that note, this week's friend guest is my lovely friend Kate from Hello Funnels. If you have been following me for a while or listening to the podcast for a while, I tend to mention Kate quite a lot. She is formerly of Drop Dead Gorgeous Daily, which was one of the most prolific and profitable fashion blogs back in the day. She then moved on to Secret Bloggers Business and now operates under Hello Funnels. In a word, this woman is a genius. I have worked for and with her for years, and she's just a very quiet, absolute legend. Her business is helping other people build their businesses. The thing is, though, is that she's not a shark, so she actually walks the walk and knows what she's doing. She's so funny when we catch up. She'll often just like fall silent for a second and out of nowhere, she will have come up with an amazing business idea for me that I probably won't implement, but she likes doing it anyway. 
Here's my chat with Kate. Hey, love. How are you? How's your week been? Oh, pretty good. I'm about ready for a nap. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Look, I could, I could definitely go for a nap as well. I had, I was solo parenting last night and I just don't sleep as well when I'm in the house on my own with the kid. It's just like, I don't really know why. I think I'm actually just a really deep sleeper when I do get to sleep and Ben is not a deep sleeper. And I kind of feel like I have the responsibility to sleep lightly in case anything happens. Yes, I think that you're definitely more likely to get murdered um, if you're home without your partner. So it's it's a it's a thing. Absolutely. <laughs> it's an innate thing that we just know. <laughs> <laughs> just have to really focus on those sounds. And our house is on stilts, so it kind of like it sways a bit sometimes. So sometimes it feels like someone's walking up the steps to the front door and then, you know, that freaks me out obviously. Yeah, no, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I have you here to pick your brains about starting a small business. So first up, do you think literally anyone can run a successful small business? I'm going to go out on a limb here and actually say no. And I don't mean this in like a discouraging at all way, but I think you need to be a bit mad to start a small business. <laughs> And a bit of an obsessive personality. I think you need that at the start. And I just don't know if that is everybody. And that's totally okay. Like, um, you know, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. I don't know if everyone should necessarily aspire to do it. Yes, it's amazing. But I don't know. I think there's just some personality types which are better suited to being employees, some personality types which are better suited to being business owners. And I think one's no better than the other, but that's just kind of the way it is. Do you take into consideration personality types much when you are kind of focusing on, focusing your stuff on your students? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I can kind of tell pretty quickly those that are like, have, I thought like, you know, they've got the goods, like they, you know, they're able to stay focused to, they don't get sort of easily overwhelmed and distracted by things or um, too distracted by shine. We don't know. We'll talk about this stuff later, but I, I think that personality is take plays a really big part on in how people are going to go, particularly at the start, like the start is a stressful time. And if you're not the kind of person who can just get in, stick your head down, get to work when things are uncertain like if that's if uncertainty is going to completely derail you which some people it does and that's again nothing wrong with that but that's just we have to know ourselves and know our strengths and weaknesses but if you can't live in a land of uncertainty then small business is not for you definitely it's that lack of security thing I think that that trips people up quite a lot I think yeah and I think people are surprised with just how long that lack of security part lasts for kind of forever really (laughs) Really? Yeah. I mean, I also like to look at it um, just, you know, recently had a frustrating banking experience of, you know, ref- refinancing, blah, 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 boring. But basically I had to give like basically blood samples because I'm a small business owner and, you know, my partner had to give one week of pay slips. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I've been in business for over 13 years. I've been managing to pay my bills and pay myself and stuff for that amount of time. He could get laid off tomorrow. Like it's just infuriating, but you know, that is the way that the world, the world is. We had the exact same thing when we were buying our house and it was just awful because Ben had to provide all of his details and he was like, I have 10 employees that own houses. Like yeah. what more security do you want? 
Yeah, exactly. Like if he's the one who should be the most secure out of those 11 people. Exactly. And he's like, if there's not enough work in my company, I'm going to be the last person I fire. Yeah. Let me have a house. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, there's, there's a lot of things in the banking world. I think we need to be updated, but anyway, I've taken you down on a a massive tangent. (laughs) (laughs) So at the very start of a business journey, what are the three habits that you think are the most important? Okay, so they are, and I, I took notes. <laughs> of course you did. I think, I think first of all is uh, consistency of content because I think it do- doesn't matter what your business is, you kind of need to be putting out some kind of content into the world these days, whether it's an email newsletter, whether it's social media, you know, whatever it is. So I think you need to sit down, get realistic about what a schedule is that you can actually stick to and you need to be showing up and doing that consistently. Like as new people are coming into your world, they need to know what to expect and they need to be getting regular little doses of you so that you sort of stay top of mind and build the know, like trust and all of that stuff. And I think a lot of people fall down on that, particularly at the start. It's almost like, oh, I'll do it later or I don't have time. And you have to do it. Like don't overcommit yourself, figure out something that'll work. If you can only send an email once a fortnight, send it once a fortnight, but you know, it still needs to be consistent and it's just a good habit to get into because once you have it as a habit, it will just be something you don't even think about. Um, the other one is tracking your finances and keeping your finances separate. I'm kind of bundling them together because it's so many people trip up, particularly, I mean, at the start, most people don't make that much money. So taxes kind of are a thing you think about later, but when that year comes in and you actually are due to pay some taxes and you probably didn't account for it, that's a really painful thing to happen. And I think, you know, tax time's never fun. You can make it a little easier on yourself if you just get into a cover, couple of good little habits of, you know, a couple of separate bank accounts, actually sitting down and figuring out how much goes in and out every month. And it's going to be make it a lot lot easier as you grow as well. And then the third one is rest. Like I think, (laughs) like I said, because we're both so good at that. Like, yeah, this is one I'm working on all the time. But again, I think if it was something you maybe you did it from the start, it might be easier yeah. later on. <laughs> because there is a real danger of just become this crazy workaholic who burns themselves out. And when you're burnt out, you're useless. You're no good to anybody. You're no good to your business. And you can't be creative. You can't grow. So even though it sounds counterintuitive, just figuring out how you can somehow just get a little bit of rest in there regularly, I think is really, really important. Have you found the rest thing a little bit easier to do since you had a kid? Weirdly? No. No. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Because now like the house is always so messy. So if there's any like just quiet time, it's like, okay, now we're going to do all these other jobs. So yeah. I found it a little bit easier to walk away from work since I had a kid. So rest is the wrong word for it, but I find it easier to draw that line in the sand. So I don't tend to work mm-hmm. at night like I used to or on weekends like I used to because you can't. You've got this kid in your face. It's like, you know, come play with me. Make me a snack. Yeah. <laughs> like you get snack, snack, snack. Oh, God, so many snacks. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so that's um, I've, I found yeah. that something that – made a really big difference in in my business and I'm I'm so much more focused because you've got just that like chunk of time and I remember for the listeners at home Kate and I have been working together and I've been working for Kate for years and years and like sometimes we'd have afternoons where we'd just go oh let's not do any work and we'll you know go out for lunch and just you know look around the shops and stuff there's just no way that I would be able to do that now 
I miss those afternoons too. (laughs) (laughs) Not that, you know, I'm sure they will all happen again. This is like school, school time. We've got a few more, a few more years. Yes. Hi, it's Carly. Just popping in to remind you to leave a review for the podcast if you haven't already. Please go to the show page, not the episode page, and scroll down to the bottom where it says leave a review. That would absolutely make my day. Also, I've started adding bonus content for some of the episodes in Patreon for people who support the show for $5 or more per month. This week's bonus list is a list of awesome business podcasts that you should listen to. Just visit patreon.com forward slash very excellent habits. What do you think are the three mistakes that you see people make in the first year of their business that you wish you could stop them from making? Uh, so first of all is I think a lot of people come out of the gate with an, a new product, offer, service, whatever it is, and they feel a little uncertain around how good it is, how good they are, and so they try and compete by being the cheapest or by giving the most, and it's neither of those are actually – you know, strategies that you can pull off long-term and particularly at the start, like coming out. And I'm not saying be, you know, just charge extortionate amount of money for the sake of it. You, you have to price things appropriately. And as obviously you get better at what you do, you can increase your prices and all of that stuff, but don't come out and go, oh, this person's charging $97. So I'm going to charge $50 an hour. Like you, you need to actually sit down and really know how much the service or the thing that you've created is worth. And if, and, and look at, you know, do some basic numbers. Like, is this going to be something that's that's feasible and sustainable over time? Like, do you need 100 clients to make enough money? That's probably not going to happen right out the gate. So I think, yeah, don't try and compete by being the cheapest. No one wins there because then someone just comes along anyway and be, and is cheaper than you. So you've lost your f- whole point of difference anyway. And that works with both, like physical products and courses as well, because if you are trying to be the cheapest physical product, there's a whole raft of issues that come across with that as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think any business model, the only people who can come out and be the cheapest are like massive, massive companies who they've got, they've got economies of scale. Like they can create something or deliver something so much more efficiently and, and cheaper than a solo person or a small business person can. And you can't compete with them. Like that's, you know, that takes usually millions of dollars and thousands of staff. So, an experience as well. Try. And yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, McDonald's makes a hamburger for under $2. I can't make one at home for that amount. <laughs> Not even close. If I'm going to make a hamburger, it's going to be like gourmet. Yeah. So, it's just, it, you know, that's what happens. You can be the cheapest if you have millions of customers and thousands and thousands of hours of experience. And even then I'm still like, why would you want to be? Like, why would that want to be your your sort of niche in the market? But if you're coming out and you've got a handful of customers, don't try and be, the, don't, that's not how you compete. That's not your point of difference. You have to figure out what else makes you different and special. And there's lots of things, but being the cheapest is not the one to go after. Um, the second one is not getting help fast enough. And I mean, in two ways, because one is like trying to outsource some things and you can do this quite inexpensively. Like yesterday, I literally spent five hours wrestling with editing this video and I went, I'll stuff it. Went on to Fiverr and paid some $30 and they did it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there's so many things like that, that you can find little bits of help here and there. And I normally tell my clients like when they start a business, one of their first sort of little projects for themselves is how can they free up five hours? Yeah. Like 
just five hours a week. Like find someone or a couple of someones who do little project things who can free you up for five hours because then that's five hours you get to reinvest. And whatever their hourly rate, the amount that you can earn in that five hours is substantially more. So it's, you know, you don't have to go big, but just try and free up that five hours. And the, the other way of getting support is also around getting someone who's, you know, a mentor or a coach or something like that, which again, there's all different ranges of price points and things like that for that. But just having access to someone who's done it before, they can save you so much time by because they will tell you all the mistakes that they have made, which you were probably about to go and make yourself <laughs> and stop you from doing it. Can't always stop everyone from doing it. Like some people, you'd be like, don't do that. Don't do that. They'll do it again 10 times anyway. They need to learn it for themselves. But, you know, is there's a happy balance there of at least having the access to the information. I feel personally attacked by that, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't about you, Carly. <laughs> Kate's been at me for years to get more help and I really, really suck at it. I'm a little bit control freaky and I like to do things myself, which is not very good because I am not very tech savvy and I will try to teach <laughs> myself how to do a thing and I will never figure out how to do it. At least with Kate, if she tries to do something herself, she will generally figure it out because she's very good at the tech things. I suck at the tech things and I actually never get the skills to do it. So it's just better to nip it in the bud. Still struggling with with, with that one actually. Yeah. You, you need to simplify it. So this now becomes a private Carly coaching session. You need to simplify <laughs> your tech and then find someone that who you can outsource to do it for you. But yeah. I'll just message you that daily for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, the third one I think is it's more of a mindset kind of thing, but it's about committing yourself to mastering things rather than just chasing the, you know, trying to chase quick wins all the time is like the fastest way to go slow, if that makes sense. Like, you know, when you can't, you hear about some cool new thing on social media, or maybe it's a way of launching something, or it's a new tool, or it's a, you know, different sales tactic or whatever it is. Uh, and there's always, you know, we're kind of getting bombarded with them constantly. And the people bombarding us with them are telling us that this is the thing that will change your life forever. And it could be the thing, but it, it's only really the thing. And it's only going to be successful if you actually spend the time mastering it. So first of all, you've got to figure out if it's the right thing for you. I kind of think of like mastering and sorry, marketing and sales techniques. They're kind of like diets, right? Like they all work, but the thing is you have to stick to them and they have to in the first, and to be able to stick to them, they have to actually suit you and your lifestyle in the first place. Otherwise you never will. So jumping, doing a week of Atkins, a week of whatever other ones are out there right now. <laughs> I don't, I'm very happy. I'm not sort of down with the diet culture right now. Um, <laughs> you know, jumping week to week, you're not going to get anywhere. You're just going to keep starting again and you're going to feel have, feel frustrated all the time. And exactly the same with marketing, sales, anything in your business, like creating new products. Like a lot of people, they think, oh, this, that product didn't work. So I'm just going to create a whole new product. But maybe you just actually need to do some more research with your customers and people who did buy it or the people who didn't and find what is the small tweak that you can make that will make that product work. And then spend a bit of time just making that product be the best freaking thing available. And then it's gone, then it will work. Then it will sell really well and it'll get people great results. And, you know, I think that, yeah, people just sort of go have that mentality of, and again, it's, I think it's because we see the highlights real on all the socials that if you didn't try a new thing and it didn't make you millions overnight, that new thing's no good. So you need to go find a new, new thing. And that's, again, that's just not how it works. 
So the concept of failing quickly isn't necessarily something you love. I think you fail quickly, yes, but don't fail and then completely change everything. Like fail and iterate. Fail and tweak. Fail and tweak. (laughs) Not fail and throw the baby out with the bathwater and, you know, start again. Not fail and burn the house down. (laughs) So do you think now is a good time to start a small business? Um, I think the right time to start a small business is really down to the person. Like it's got to be the right time for you because as far as like the the way the world is, it's changing all the time and depending on what niche you're going into and stuff like that, like there's never going to be a like, this is the best time ever. Uh, the best time ever is when you have a really good solid idea, you are feeling brave enough to go and do a hard thing for a decent chunk of time. And probably also you have a little bit of cash behind you as a buffer. So you don't have to stress at the start so much about paying the bills. I think that is the right time to start a business. Um, but yeah, like people were starting businesses in the middle of the pandemic and they were taking off. And then people also start businesses in healthy economies and they fail. So it's not, I think I wouldn't use that as an excuse either way or a reason either way but it's really more down to where you are right now in your own personal circumstances. On that note, like I know that you've really got your finger on the pulse of businesses and people doing cool things. What are some cool businesses that you've seen pop up recently? Um, I'm just loving all of the subscription services because that is my life. I never want to have to leave the house to get a thing. I want them all to just come to me. Um, so that's making me very happy. Like I even saw one for uh, the pill. So um, particularly during the pandemic, when you weren't really like leaving the house was just hard, <laughs> you could get, it was a subscription service. It all went through doctors. You just, you have like a virtual doctor's appointment. They get you all set up and then every three months you get it sent to your house and then they automatically update your scripts for you. I'm like, that's just, who wants to go to the doctor's sit and wait for 45 minutes for an appointment to get a piece of paper that's the same piece of paper you got three months ago or whatever it is. I'm like, just solve a simple problem. Amazing. And I'm also loving all the refillable um, household products now. Although I think it's stupid that they come with buy the bottle. Like you've already got a bottle. Yeah, just exactly. buy the refill. You just already yeah. use a bottle. No, I, I remember <laughs> saying the, the the subscription pill thing as well and thinking why was this not a thing 10 years ago? It's just so bananas. And I get that you need a doctor to tick all the boxes and everything. But it was so great that they figured out that you could do that online because a doctor doesn't need to see you. A doctor never touched me in order to prescribe the pill for me. So, yeah, I I agree. I love all the subscription servicey things. I actually subscribe to my deodorant. It just, oh, yeah, so I I use no pong (laughs) and it just comes in. It's like a little reusable tin thing and it just just arrives at my house and it's it's so well-timed. I get to the, I I start seeing the bottom of my tin and I'm like, well, they better hurry up and get my my deodorant here. And it just arrives when I need it. It's bananas. That's what I I just want things to just happen without having to think about. (laughs) (laughs) It's just kind of like your life motto. How much can I outsource and automate? Yeah. And that's what these subscription services are. It's automating my life. (laughs) (laughs) So how would someone listening to this podcast today, how would they know if business ownership is for them? Like if they were tossing up starting a business, how would you tell them to decide to do it or not? So I have a little bit of a controversial thing that I say to people if they're unsure. Uh, And that is, can you think of anything else that you would you'd enjoy just as much and that could possibly pay you pretty well. <laughs> because if you can, 
do that thing. But if you literally can't, if there's like this burning thing you, or you have this like just desire of like I want to do something that's bigger, I want to, you know, I've got this thing that could change the world, I've got like it has to be coming from a, a not just a place of, oh, that might be nice. Like it has to be a big enough drive behind you that you literally you go to bed thinking about it. You can't, You wake up in the middle of the night and you're writing, you know, with ideas and and you're willing to spend the first couple of years probably busting your ass, working for very little money, hardly seeing anybody. Like I don't want to, I don't, I'm not trying to glorify the hustle or anything like that, but it is unless you got a bunch of cash behind you so you can outsource quickly and things like that, th- there's going to be grind at the start. The The idea is to to grind and learn as quickly as you can so you can grind less over time. <laughs> but it, it's, it, yeah, it's there. And I think, like I said, um, with your first question, like it's if you, t- you don't like that uncertainty, if you sort of struggle in times of stress, if you can't sort of sit down and work on a project you're passionate about and look up and it's 12 hours later, like if that's not you, then, yeah, there's probably an amazing human out there who's going to empl- can employ you to do something really great and earn some really great cash and you'll have a little bit of, you know, sense of security and stability to go along with it and just be a happier person. <laughs> and that's, you know, kind of kind of the point. I think a lot of people start businesses thinking it's going to, you know, because they want more freedom, they want more creativity, but they don't necessarily think about all the other stuff, which is not necessarily going to, there's other ways to tick those boxes, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So that was my chat with Kate. I hope there was something very helpful in there for you. There was a lot in there that was helpful for me, to be honest. Here are a few things to consider before jumping into a small business venture, because I know you guys love statistics. There are 2.6 million small businesses in Australia and 30.7 small businesses in the US. That's neither here nor there, just an idea of how many people are splashing around in the same small business pool. 55% of people start their own businesses because they want to be their own boss. 39% of people do it because they want to pursue a passion. And the rest are just kind of a motley crew of people who don't like their jobs or want to earn more money. And again, that statistic is neither here nor there, but it is important to consider your reasoning. And none of the reasons above are reasons that people want to give you their money. And I say that as someone who started a small business because I wanted to be my own boss and I wanted to do something I enjoyed for a living. It took me a long time to figure out how to get people to give me money to do that. According to Converge Hub, in 2019, 50% of small businesses fail in the first year and more than 95% of startups fail in the first five years in the US. But that does include every single business, you know, like your neighbor who tried to sell t-shirts for five minutes. So don't let that deter you. According to CBS Insights, in 2019, 42% of small businesses fail because of lack of market demand. And that's really the only statistic you need to care about, lack of market demand. It is essential to make sure there's a market for what you're selling before you throw yourself into your small business. So those are just a few little statistics there. Don't let them deter you or persuade you. They're just there as a little anchor for your decision-making. Here's some advice from me that I wish someone had told me 15 years ago. Figure out what value you add first. So my blog, 
started as a daily style blog. And while lots of people managed to make money from fashion blogging, lots of other people did not. I was one of those who did not. So I pivoted and I focused on what I was good at and what I could sell research and writing. My business over the years has changed, but my lighthouse skill is writing. Have a think about your lighthouse skill and how you could sell it. It could be writing, photography, organization. Just make sure that you're selling something that people want. No one wanted to pay me to post my outfits on the internet. I still do it because it's fun and people like it, but what people want to pay me for is my writing. So that's what I focus on. It's also important to consider having more than one income stream. I cannot stress this enough. I lost all of my clients during COVID last year and it was stressful and I needed that income, but I was able to survive with my blogging, influencing and crochet coach income while I replaced those clients. I have never put all my eggs in one basket. And if you're planning on being a freelancer or starting a small business, I cannot encourage you more to diversify your income streams. Have as many clients as you can handle, sell your stuff in multiple stores as well as online, have ongoing clients as well as project-based clients. Just make sure that you are not relying on one form of income. It's also important to put aside 30% of every invoice for tax. Kate touched on this in her interview. I like to put a percentage amount on it because that's what I do. And I find tips like that really useful. So it seems quite excessive, but that's the way I like to do it. So I don't have a massive freak out at tax time. I've always got the money to pay for my tax and often I have a little bit left over. So 30% is what I put aside. A lot of other people would find that probably a bit too much, but Try it for a year and see if it works for you. Another thing I do is I pay 10% of each invoice into my super. This is especially important if you're a woman. So Ben and I are extremely happy and have been together for 15 years and I can't see that ending, but that's what everyone thinks about their relationship and a lot of relationships end. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here, but I have to assume at some point we may not be together and I don't want to be left with a part-time career and a pitiful amount of super. At the moment, I'm actually looking at investing more instead of putting money into super, like focusing it and investing it in different ways. But that's a conversation for another day. For now, just start feeding 10% of every invoice that you serve into your super, especially if you're a woman, future you will thank you. We also touched on this in Kate's chat. She says to learn to be comfortable with uncertainty. And this is just one of the biggest tips that I can give to people who are about to start a small business or start on a solo enterprise. There's a lot you can control in business, but there's also a lot that you can't control. Sometimes I have to work really hard to get jobs and other times I'm turning down work. There's always work there. As long as you over deliver and delight your customers or clients, you should never be out of work. You just have to be comfortable with the ebbs and flows of uncertainty. So the question is, should you start a small business? Only you can answer that question. I wouldn't have my life any other way, but the stress of the constant hustle, no paid holidays or sick leave and the extra financial burden of dealing with your own taxes and super might not be worth it for you. I wake up every day and I get to write, you know, it could be for myself, a client selling coaching packages, or I might be writing product descriptions for a major supermarket. The work I do varies, but I truly do love it. And to me, that makes it worth it. So that's it for this week. Thank you for listening to Very Excellent Habits, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs. You can find me on Instagram at Very Excellent Habits, and you can also email me contact at carlyjacobs.com.
You can also record a question for me to answer on speakpipe.com forward slash very excellent habits. Also, if you love the show, please consider becoming a Patreon supporter. Even $5 a month is a huge help in covering production, editing, equipment, promotion, guest wrangling. Just visit patreon.com forward slash very excellent habits. This week's episode bonus for Patreon supporters is a list of awesome small business podcasts that you need to listen to. Oh, and one more thing, please leave a rating and a review. It's the best way to help other people find the podcast. Until next time, remember, little habits, big life. 